Hello again, and welcome to the Borderline Genius Podcast. My name is Chet Sandberg. And I'm Nora McKinney. I'm a nurse who doesn't want to be a nurse anymore. And I'm a researcher who doesn't want to be in academia anymore. So what do we want to be? I always wanted to be a baker. Don't listen to her. She's a writer. Okay, we're writers, and Borderline Genius is a podcast for writers. Because the world needs another one of those. But this one's different. It's Borderline Genius because he's borderline. And she's a genius. I'm not really a genius. Whatever. Join us as we discuss what we love and hate about writing, writers, writing community, and everything else. It's Borderline Genius. Thanks again for joining us with the um, Borderline Genius podcast. Today we have another episode uh, with Victoria um, about indie publishing cooperatives because uh, Victoria does uh, both traditional publishing and some indie publishing, but also works with an indie uh, cooperative. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself for our audience again, Victoria, and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, I'm Victoria Gilbert. That's actually a pen name, but that's what I use for all my writing including my author co-op books. Um, I actually changed them all over because I wanted to be able to promote uh, all the books uh, within the same you know, websites and Twitter and everything else. Um, and uh, I actually started out writing in uh, science fiction and fantasy adult science fiction that's still on the shelf. <laughs> Ooh, okay. It may, may come back someday because I feel like revising it sometime when I have mm-hmm. time. Um, but um, I wrote a young adult fantasy called Crown of Ice that got me my first agent and publisher. And uh, that was a small press. But then at a certain point, um, I needed to pull my rights and uh, my new agent helped me with that. Uh my current agent and uh, we pulled all the rights for various reasons I won't go into too much detail on that but um, we felt it was best and so there I was with a book Crown of Ice which had been published and another book called Scepter of Fire which was the second book in that series and I had completely written it it had been written and edited I mean it was done Mm -hmm. and I felt like they shouldn't just sit somewhere so I, I actually had them redone. I had new covers done. Uh, one of the things when you pull your rights, you'll get your book back, but you don't get the covers because those are owned by the publishing company. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you um, had to redo them. Yeah. So I was very fortunate. <clears throat> I love my new covers actually better than the first one. Um, Deranged Doctor Design, which is out of England, did my oh. covers. And they are wonderful. Brilliant. I suggest them to people. <laughs> they do them for your traditional or for your... For my indie books. For your indie books. Great, yeah. great. What are the, what's the name again? Uh, Deranged Doctor Designs. Wow, um, that's an interesting Doctor thing. Doctor Designs. <laughs> and they do yeah. some beautiful covers. And if you oh, see my wow, covers, okay. they do some gorgeous covers. Um, oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> They're mm, beautiful. Yeah, and very genre appropriate for indie, too. Yeah. Very. Mm. I see Manchester, but that's not all I see, you know? Um, yeah. And they're also very great to work with. Um, Oop, oh, I see a butt chat katana though. Yeah. Oh, come on. They, <laughs> they are uh, now. One thing about them is because they're so popular, because they're so good, um, mm-hmm. 
you do have to get on a list, you know, like I want my cover and then you wait several months, you know. Yeah. All right. But um, have to plan ahead. Yeah. Um, but but they are really good. Um, so I had new covers done and I had a new formatting because you also don't get the formatting. Um, mm. And I decided to republish them. And at the time I had knew some people through Twitter and other social media sites um, who were other young adult authors and uh, they were starting a co-op and they asked me to join mm-hmm. um, and it's actually grown quite a bit it's called Snowy Wings Publishing um, there's a sister imprint now they just started called Crimson Fox and that's for more adult books new adult and adult books and that's another cooperative yes okay the same but like two imprints one for the young adult and one for the adult <laughs> so are they still in snowy are they in the snowy there we go no, yeah you can see page. if you look at the bottom of the website of their website they'll have a link to their sister imprint mm-hmm. yeah I see, I see okay and there. this mm-hmm. looks yeah this soul guardian okay i like the logos they're so simple yeah yeah, yeah. Like a doodle of a fox and the other yeah, yeah. so you know it started out small uh with a few authors but we've added several um and the nice thing in particular about it is well there's a lot of advantages to me it's still independent publishing in that you keep all your rights mm-hmm. um you keep all the money that you make mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no cost mm-hmm. um now we do have a person who does some promotion for us and we all uh as we wish send her uh, money per month to help defray her expenses, so Mm -hmm. forth. But it's not a requirement. Gotcha. Um, And we all help each other with publicity. Yeah, that's what, so that's what I was, that's exactly what we're looking at. Trading, maybe trading, you know, promoting a new author in the same genre that you can, that you can kind of faithfully back up and say, I think you might like this author from the same imprint to your fans just you know not too much but a little bit of that kind of shared we actually put things in the back of the books like we will share right you know how in the back of a lot of traditionally published books see our other books etc etc and we'll do that Mm -hmm. um and you know we have uh shared costs for things like getting isbn so it makes it cheaper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um also for certain promotional things and um, just getting into because the co-op has power because there's more authors, mm-hmm. um, we were able to get more distribution avenues into bookstores and libraries too. Oh, mm-hmm. great! So that's the advantage um, to me is that there's always more power with more people involved. <laughs> right? Do you guys lean on one another for? Um... For content, or is it? Um... We do anthologies sometimes, short story anthologies. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a story in, in in an anthology that was Snowy Wings put out. So that's the other thing. We'll we'll do an anthology about once a year. Um, Victoria, do do anthologies help with sales? Well, I think it helps get your name out. It helps promote the co-op but also just kind of you know if you like to write short stories and it's hard to get them out there (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it's a way to try something different and um 
we also tend to we don't make money off the anthologies i mean the mm -hmm. individual authors don't make money because mm -hmm. we turn it back into the co-op costs things that mm -hmm. might help the co-op but um mm -hmm. because that's a problem right you need you would need some capital for the covers and for the editing and well that's what i was business. wondering the authors oh. pay for all that just like you were in pay for all that okay mm -hmm. all right yeah so the idea of this cooperation is to um, help each other mostly with uh, the promotion distribution and distribution mm -hmm. and marketing. marketing now i wonder yeah. if you could defray if you could get group rates on editing and on covers we do vet editors and that's the other thing um mm -hmm. we have create documents that are on the site for the authors like um how to and it really helps frequently ask questions about independent publishing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. dealing with um draft to digital or kdp or anything um so you're not doing it everything yourself you can ask somebody like somebody uh, there's people there who know formatting so i can ask them questions um mm -hmm. There's people who will do the formatting for you and you'll pay them a little bit and they'll do the formatting and you know that they've been vetted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have a list of vetted editors, uh, designers. So I think, you know, the advantage is that kind of help. Um, a lot of times when somebody has a new book out, we will all help push the book <laughs> That's mm -hmm. on our social media um, and if somebody's in a competition for like a cover design, we'll help vote them up and that sort of thing. Uh -huh. So I have a mean question now for you, yeah. Victoria, that, that I just thought about. Does it happen or has it happened that there's a book uh, by one of your authors in the cooperative that you don't like, that you secretly don't like and you have to, um, <laughs> you know, promote it? <laughs> well... No, not so much that, but we have had instances where people didn't meet the standards. There are definitely standards that you have to meet. Oh, um, that's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, and it's part of a contract that you sign. <clears throat> uh, because we want, when people read a Snowy Wings book, we want the editing to be a certain level. Mm -hmm. We want the cover to be a certain level. We want mm -hmm. those things to, to not be substandard. And yeah. um, so you do have to meet a certain standard which gives a quality control <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. so does everybody weigh in on this um it's basically set up where um there are a couple of people who are more managing the mm. co-op and <clears throat> we can all have an opinion we have a facebook private page where we all meet and talk about things um and they will ask questions. What do you think about this? We've also done some promotional things where we've taken our books to a couple of book fairs. Um, Back when those things happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pre-corona times. In the olden yeah, days. When we could. In yeah. the olden um, days, yeah. But um, I think it, for me, it's just knowing that there is a level of, of quality that it's expected that um, you can feel more, I don't know, secure <laughs> in that. Um, yes, and the readers will notice that, right? And they will see the, the imprint and say, oh, this is, you know, decent this imprint. stands for yeah. quality. So yeah. right. um, this is more likely to be something that's up to my standards. So this is actually a good idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely. Um, uh, I mean, I could do it myself, but I liked also having the imprint, the other authors that can help boost my books. Um, mm -hmm. And we have a group of, uh, of of readers who also are fans who help push the books. And that's set up by the co-op. I mean, they're invited and um, managed by the co-op, too. So different mm -hmm. people in the co-op do different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, add their expertise to the endeavor. That's that's also right. really yeah. useful. Because this is what I always... Uh, I mean, we always discuss this with Chet, and I'm really good at the technical stuff. Like, I can yes. do websites, for example. That's not a problem for me. But I cannot market to save my life, and I would, would <laughs> need somebody who actually knows about these things to give me some advice and yeah if you join forces it's easier to do these things like with everything and i think that's the thing if you're setting up a co-op is to look for people who have different skills yeah but mm -hmm. they should have the same ideals too right so yeah, like we exactly. were thinking about doing literary and you know well it's not necessarily literary but you know literary genres so to say right like you would yeah. Be, I mean, you would write maybe urban fantasy, but you would be a little more literary, and mm -hmm. I would write whatever the fuck it is that I write, um, yeah. which I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> transgressive fiction. Trans maybe. But but the second book is not transgressive, so how do you even? Yeah. It's it's a yeah. weird, demented uh, romance, erotic. Mm. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, before I derail the conversation, where were we? This is going to be edited out. Um, what were we talking about? Well, I, I think, you know, like you're talking about different skills and that people yeah. can bring. I do yeah, so it... we wanted to do a, a little bit of a literary, right? Like right. our idea was to go into the literary direction and bring indie readers into literary stuff that are not yawn, you know, that are not, right. um, that are good um, and that are also accessible. Mm -hmm. Is this the idea, Chet? I was thinking to bring to try to bring more traditionally literary genre type folks yeah. into indie. But the thing is, look, look yesterday I did this. I asked this question on Twitter, mm -hmm. and many many uh, mm -hmm. writers or, or Twitter say, mm -hmm. "Literary, that's uh -huh. just rubbish." Yeah. You know, I, like I fall asleep on the third page, and that's just pretentious, yeah. Yeah. purple, prosy. And yeah, I was yeah. very surprised because to me, that's not what literary is. That's no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Back my and there are many. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please, Victoria. I don't know if you've heard of John Crowley. Yeah. He mm -hmm. wrote a book called Little Big, which is a fantasy, yeah. but it's definitely literary fantasy. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what he writes, and I love his yeah. work. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, to me it's more, and I saw that exchange on Twitter, and I was a little mm -hmm. bit, like, taken aback because I actually admire literary fiction. I read a lot of it, actually. Even though I don't I know what they're it. talking um, about. I do know I do know what they're talking about, that weird contemporary, you know, um white upper crusty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. Or, or, or yeah, or identitarian, you know what I mean? It's all about the newest tr trend or it's about whatever's politically fashionable or it's about like it always has been, it's always about, you know, rich people and their problems and their sexual foibles. But not only that, but but I see what they're saying, but but I do like my I like genre. I love fantasy, but I do like a little bit of more interiority than you sometimes get, mm. right? I do appreciate that. Um, and I'm willing to give, you know, I don't know if you've read a, a book called um, All Are Wrong Todays. No, no, but uh, I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sci-fi fantasy book where 
uh, a guy basically um, is living in the perfect future because something happened in the 50s. And the reason we're living in the timeline we're in right now is because of what he screws up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, it's such a bizarre, weird, such a cool, weird book. It's it's the it's the it's the most recent book that I I, I uh, my girlfriend at the time was going to see um uh, the guy that wrote um House of Leaves. God, I don't know, I can't think of his um Daniel mm, yeah uh, um oh my God brain fart. Mark Danielewski. Mark, Mark Danielewski. Yeah, Dark, Mark Danielewski for his um the familiar books. And while she was there, I happened to pick this book up. And I read it in exactly two sittings. And it was only <laughs> two sittings because I had to leave the bookstore to go home before I could finish it. <laughs> wow. That has amazing. been a long time since that has happened to me. And especially that's a literary since book? Is it literary fantasy? No, it is in its genre. It's, 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 but, it's, but it's definitely a little bit high. It's, it's not arty-farty. It's I'm just... missing your, the point you're trying to make here. Oh, oh um, um, that's, uh, that's the kind of the genre that I want. I want genre so you that want kind of like makes... genre that's really high quality, no, not, it, say... it just has to be little, goofy sometimes. A little bit different, maybe. Some different take yeah. on things and... A little more in depth. I, I think, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, to me, like I just read um, The House in the Cerulean Sea. Have you read that? By mm -mm. T.J. Klune. Um, and I read it in like one day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a fantasy. You know, it's whimsical. Mm. It's quirky. But there's just something more to it than right. traditional. What I see a lot in the genre. It was It was like a different take. It was a way of really bringing a different experience mm -hmm. and part of what would be a literary take on things is mm. is more about individual authors experience and uh, trying to examine life and uh, whatever the genre is I mean if you look at for instance in the mystery genre Louise Penny who is considered a genre writer um, mm -hmm. and has won many awards for her books, uh, Inspector Gamache mm -hmm. uh, books. Um, but she's much more literary than your just standard, you know, yeah. uh, mystery yeah. writing. And uh, it's it, it delves into things about life that are more complicated. Um, makes you think. <laughs> I love books that make me think, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and this is not like sometimes um, the same book that makes you think um, can be also very entertaining, and maybe it will not make the the next person think, and it's absolutely fine, you know. And you can have both. I think there's this idea that you cannot have both in a book. Right. But you can. You absolutely can. Oh, I mean, we all know many. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that that was the. Um, like one group of people answering to this tweet about um, what is literary fiction that I posted yesterday seem to have this idea that you cannot have both. It's either big questions, yawn, or, you know, action um, genre and interesting and no big questions, but also not boring. That, that was the, the dichotomy that I saw in that discussion, which I don't really agree with. No, if you think about a movie's films and you think about yeah. something like Inception. Yeah. It's very exciting and interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's not shoot 'em up adventure movie. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mm -hmm. You can watch it over and over and get new things out of it. I think that's part of it too, is that there's a depth to these books that 
if you read them over and over, you're going to get more mm. out of them. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I have nothing against genre books. I write genre books, but there's a certain level where there's not going to be more that you're going to get out of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. And we're not saying this disparagingly. No, yeah. no. Yeah, there's nothing against that. Sometimes that's exactly what you need, you know? I, yeah, exactly. These, uh, of, um, of course you need that. I mean, you need to relax and enjoy something without um, yeah. you know, thinking too much sometimes. It's, it's, it's so funny because when I was a younger uh, man, I was much more... I don't know what happened if I just had more capacity for the for the mind or soul crushing stuff. <laughs> but as I have gotten older and experienced more of my own true challenges and not that mm -hmm. my early life was not challenging but um it has made a difference it's it's i yeah. i definitely appreciate the the easier lighter i'm exactly the opposite <laughs> i mean you look at a, a, a fluffy romance period there's a lot of romances that are set back in the jane austen period oh yeah but they're not jane austen right because jane austen touched on social um, economic issues. There, there was a lot more going on there. <laughs> sure, sure. And it doesn't mean to disparage these other books, but it's just how much is there in there that's really delving into um, mm. other other topics or things that. And that's why I, one of the reasons I love John Crowley's books, and uh, he wrote a, his recent book is called Ka K A, mm -hmm. and he. About a crow of all things, but mm. it is the most amazing book, and it delves talks about the whole human experience. It's just amazing in a fantasy in a in a story, um, mm. and I think that is what you're talking about. Is is they kind of defy genres in a way, and, yeah, and it's more about the expression of certain yeah things. I had oh. a big problem with that, Victoria, and I haven't solved it yet because I didn't know how to, uh, where to put my book, <laughs> like in which, yeah. in which little box to put it because um, it has lots and lots of explicit scenes in it. But the intention um, behind the book was to explore um, identity, more or less, you know, it was sexual identity and how, how do you conform or not conform and... Um, I put it in erotica in Amazon um, initially because that's the only thing I knew. And um, then um, an editor came and told me, oh, th this book is a, is a textbook example of uh, transgressive fiction. And I didn't know that transgressive fiction existed back then. So um, I went and looked and yeah, he has a point, but um, transgressive fiction is traditionally very hard and a little bit violent and disturbing and I don't think I can fit into that rather more disturbing category so like it's mm -hmm. it's very difficult to market a book that's yeah. not you know your straight genre mm -hmm. sometimes it just doesn't go anywhere you right know? you just cannot put it and to bring this back to the topic you know part of what we're thinking about with a cooperative would be books that are kind of like that mm -hmm. so you where cannot they might put them be, anywhere clearly. but we could market them under the imprint of the thing so people that are like well i liked right the chances that were taken in some of these other books from mm -hmm. the same imprint 
perhaps I will take a chance on this one, especially if they get an email from one of the book, you know, one of the authors of a book that they liked. Now, I think it would be a slow build, but I, I figure somebody's got to start doing it because. And I think that might be your yeah. hook is that yeah. you're not pushing genre. You're pushing yeah. books that inspire, entertain, mm -hmm. stretch boundaries. Are weird, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. quirky, Just... whatever. I, the books I love because I love those kind mm -hmm. of books. Um, it's funny because actually my books, and I've been told many times, which I actually agree with, um, they're marketed as cozies, mysteries, but mm. they're really pushing mm. that hard. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> they're not yeah. really so cozy as many mm. are. Um, yeah. And sometimes that backfires as I can see some, some of the reviews that they don't mm -hmm. like it because it's not cozy enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but then the people that love it really love it. So yeah, hey, you know. Um, fortunately, yeah. my publisher is willing to you know go out on those kind of edges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I do think that there is a place for that because um, personally, I don't love the whole genre narrow definition thing at all. Um, when I was younger, and I'm older than and dirt, you know, but. Um, when I went to buy books or to the library, there weren't so many genres. There wasn't all mm. narrowly defined. <laughs> yeah. I just read books. I just went to the library and, oh, there's books. Yeah, okay, books. that was my experience too all my <laughs> life. And I did, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't know about this, this very strict distinctions un, un, until I joined the writing community last, last year. I just knew books, 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 that, that was it. It's very strange. And you were talking about you know, like a young adult. Um, I didn't yeah. know until I got involved that mm. your your main character should not be over the age of 18. That's really pushing it. Okay, okay. so what is, let's talk about that. What <laughs> yeah. is middle grade? What is upper young yeah. adult? And yeah. what is young adult? Middle grade, you're looking at, you look at your protagonist primarily. Mm -hmm. And they should be 10, 11, 12, 13, mm -hmm. maybe. So the, very, the first Harry Potter books, right? Like the first... Yeah, they really are middle-grade books in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you get into young adult, you're looking at 15, 16, 17, 18 at the upper limit. Um, and there's some But who real... reads those books? Like, are they also read by kids in that age range? Or are, no, are they read... <laughs> That's, That's the funny, irony. right? I mean, usually you're reading above your age group. Until you reach adulthood, and then there's a bunch of adults reading young adults. Yeah. So it's very strange because, like, middle grade is often read by elementary, you know, younger kids. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And young adult is read by younger kids. Mm -hmm. And then young adult became this thing that adults were reading, a lot of adults were reading. And mm -hmm. it's really skewed it in a way that's kind of strange to me because mm -hmm. um, there are some young adult books which I find... Um, way too adult to be an adult but you know i'm not talking about just being Good a people. prude but just the whole yeah uh way they look at life and mm -hmm. um the characters because the, the market says well they can't be over 18 or 19 at the you know really top edge mm -hmm. you've got these young characters doing things that really doesn't suit yeah um it doesn't yeah. make sense um, like it's called Six of Crows. Okay. It's a very, 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 very popular young adult book. Okay. Okay. And um, the characters are all because it's supposed to be young adult. They're all younger, you know. They're in their late teens or whatever. 
but mm-hmm. a lot of reviewers say that they don't feel like young adults. They feel like they're in their 20s. So basically, gotcha. this happens because the audience is older, mm-hmm. right? And what is new adult then? New adult, well, it's kind of 20s. weird because it doesn't, it's never really taken off. They tried yeah. to make it happen. Um, it was supposed to be college age, okay. mm-hmm. uh, young 20s. Mm-hmm. But then it got sort of swept up in this erotica kind of thing. What? Uh, Why? That's so weird. <laughs> I think about things like it's, The Magicians, and The Magicians yeah. seems like it would be new adult, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like Harry Potter for high school, or for, I mean, for college. They, what, saying it's this age group and we're examining all the issues it became overwhelmed by romance i guess not erotica so much a romance and uh-huh. sexual situations um okay and so it it kind of got diluted in a way that you couldn't just talk about oh 20 something people and their lives mm-hmm. with or without sex <laughs> um and became more associated with sex right um, these are very That's strange so distinctions, bizarre. aren't they? Because yeah, and 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 the other thing I find strange is why do old books have to have people under twenty or <laughs> twenty two? Like I write my, my characters are older than me, so my in my, in the first book they are forty six, forty seven years old, and then you know they grow the books, and you follow their lives. And I'm always wondering, is there anybody who? I mean, there are obviously many people who relate to such characters because you know older people read books, but the fact that the main characters in books tend to be very, very young um, makes me wonder if anybody ever wants to read characters that. I are honestly think 47. they do. I think we just gotta find the audience. Honestly, I honestly think you could, we're gonna we we are gonna have like to because you know I look at mine. I look at mine, and uh, you know Elizabeth is, uh, you know, she's greater than thirty-five. Youngest person is like thirty-two, thirty-three, and the oldest person appears to be they're they're like. Mm, middle of the late 60s retiree mm-hmm. and um it's just, it's just it's so interesting talking about these age boundaries and stuff mm-hmm. where where like i can't i wouldn't fit into any of that i've got somebody who's remarked that elizabeth seems to be thinking about things that are younger but she's got a disorder that makes her emotionally preoccupied at a, at a younger age than than she actually is at you know what i mean and i've got um some characters that are old, much older than they appear to be and stuff like that. So it's very, it's very uh, interesting to try to think about how that would work as far as marketing goes. Well, um, I know in one thing in, in mystery, traditional mysteries and cozy mysteries, you can have some older characters. That is one thing mm-hmm. that is allowed because a lot of the readers are older. Right. Um, mm, yeah. So, you know, I, my characters are no younger. I mean, the protagonists, the main characters are, are in their 30s at the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, my latest book, the one that's coming out in June, the main character is 42. Hmm. And okay. I have a lot of characters uh, who are major characters, but secondary major characters who are in their 60s or 70s. Um, in fact, one of the favorite characters in uh, my Blue Ridge Library Mystery Series is in his 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And I show, I try to show the vitality of people, older people, because I'm, I'm 63. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I don't feel old. <laughs> so I personally feel like showing people in their 60s and 70s as being, or older. Um, my mother's 88. Yeah. She's still going strong. Um, wow. So, you know, there's a vitality that is still there. It, it maybe is not physically, but mentally or 
you know, your interests in life. Uh, and I really believe it's important to show older people uh, mm -hmm. in books. Uh, fortunately, that's one good thing about the genre I'm in is I can. Um, yeah. yeah, it seems to be the case, right? I, I'm thinking of all the, you know, mystery or crime novels I've read. Mm -hmm. They all have older characters, but it doesn't seem to be the case in other genres. Like, let's say fantasy is mostly preoccupied with the, the young hero, you know, or the Well, that depends one. on where you are. That depends on where you are, too. But yeah, what kind of fantasy, but definitely, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And romance, of course. So this is why I, I, I was very hell-bent on writing these characters, because there's this idea in romance and um, erotic romance that the people have to be young and firm and very nice looking. And oh my God, nobody should have, you know, a wrinkle or anything. And <laughs> just I just go in there and this, there's these two people having <laughs> sex and she's like, she's, she's sad bad pregnancies and stretch marks and he's like had a heart attack and the one is very thin and she's like a little bit chubby and it's like they're people right because normal people do these things in real life and not <laughs> everybody has to be perfect and it annoys the hell out of me that oh yeah. you know everybody in every book i read that has any yeah. sex no matter how um implied sometimes they have to be very you know young and good looking because that's that's not how things are you no. know <laughs> and, and I, I i really push that boundary too and in my blue ridge series um a lot of people like this because it's different um some people don't like it but that's okay too um in a lot of mystery novels when you have a female protagonist and then there's a love interest they're always a cop or a pi or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so because i worked around a lot of performing artists I made my protagonist love interest. He's a contemporary dancer and choreographer. Mm. And um, it's really different. Um, first of all, because everybody assumes, well, that guy would be gay, which, mm. you know, he's yeah. not. That's, that's, that's yeah. not, that's not, anyway, yeah. yeah. Why uh, does everybody assume that? I don't know, mm. but it's, it's really funny to see how surprised people are. Um, yes, and and that's a problem. I'm sorry that I'm, I'm. This is a complete different matter. But I do ballet, and in the ballet school where I go, the teachers always complain that they don't have boys in the in the kids' classes because the dads mm -hmm. don't want to send their boys right. to to dance class. And right. they're like, "Why? This is ridiculous!" And of course, it's ridiculous. Like, dancing doesn't make you gay. No. Like, and if it did, what's their problem? But this right. is another level, right? <laughs> I, but I but that's the thing. I, I mean, that's where I'm pushing things um, a little bit. And, and actually, the gay character, one of the major gay characters in my book is, a, is an agent for intelligence agency. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I feel like there are things you can do even within genre. That's, that's the other thing. Um, if you have a publisher or if you're indie publishing and you're, you're doing this, that you can push it. And it's what's interesting is that as many people who might dislike it because it doesn't fit the genre, what I've discovered there's just as many people who really love it because it gives them something. It doesn't different. fit the genre, um, right? Because if you keep reading the same genre, you kind of want those little yeah. variations on a theme, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. if you're a real lover of the genre, those variations might be exactly the thing that pulls you in. I was very quickly saturated by fantasy, so I've been reading fantasy for twenty years. And these uh -huh. days I cannot find a fantasy book that satisfies me. Um, that's a problem. And if it's strange and weird and different, wow. then it, it stands a higher chance. Uh, so this is, this is the fatigue mm -hmm. of the same subjects mm -hmm. is, is a very real thing for me as a reader. 
I have to say. And I find it, I can't imagine reading some books that are so formulaic. I mean, some genres where you're forced to be so formulaic. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the romance genres. Um, I, I just don't, I would just be so bored after <laughs> two or three books. It's the same story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't to say that all romance is like that, because it isn't. But um, I think there's a lot. And one thing that I've noticed in these things, I think we mentioned earlier, uh, uh-huh. or I've heard, I've seen on Twitter, is that, you know, if you really, if you just want to make money, if that's all you care about, here's the formula. And okay. uh, write this book with these things, and there must be a kiss by page, you know, Oh yeah, they're extremely yes. formulaic. Aren't they? People know, give yeah. this advice all the time, and oh, yeah. I always wonder about that. Yeah, does this work? Yeah. It's so funny, you know. In that, in my, in my own story, I'm getting some people who are more genre readers telling me it's too slow in the beginning, and I have some people that are more like Nora, who are like, you lose a little bit of that interiority as you go, and it gets pretty break. Yeah, so I was, I was annoyed by this, by the complete opposite thing than your genre read. Better readers were annoyed. Like mm-hmm. I, I lost mm-hmm. the interiority about. Mm-hmm one third into the book maybe mm-hmm. and they had the opposite problem right yeah that they didn't like the interiority but you well, know it's not that they didn't like it they just said it's not really a match you know what I, mean? I still got a pretty good review on it but mm. i mean i got like mm. you know there's a mismatch here between um pace and, and product basically and that's why i think if you're setting up a co-op you know mm-hmm. based on a on this different sort of formula um you have to think long and hard about what are the what are the parameters here? Mm-hmm. Are you going to open yeah. it to everything or are you going to have some kind of overarching yes. sense of, it doesn't have to be a tight genre thing, but. No, but that's what we would want. Exactly. That's what, that's what I was thinking anyways, to have some sort of like weird, not weird fiction as a genre, but like something where it's just, it needs to get amplified and there's no way to really do it mm. through current means. Because you know, that's the stuff I like to write. That's the stuff that just naturally comes. And I think it's the same thing for Nora. It's the stuff I like to read mostly. Um, right, I right. It's got to be a lot. But uh, as a reader, I like to read something that will surprise me mm-hmm. or that will make me feel something different or that will make me a little bit un- uncomfortable, which I understand is not everybody's thing. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that too. And a lot of people do not like that. Trust me, because yeah. <laughs> I've gotten so, comments on my books that say, I don't like that because you did such and such. Um, mm. When I wrote Crown so of Ice, is, yeah. uh, you know, my fantasy Crown of Ice, uh, at the end of the book, not to give spoilers, but mm. a lot of people did not like the ending because it wasn't romantic enough. And uh, I liked it. it. Was, it's what it I was, wanted. <laughs> it was f- absolutely f- fine. It was... Uh, I don't want to to give spoilers, but it was like yes, that's what a smart woman would do. Like yes, thank you. This like yeah. I see myself in this, which I never see in such a book, and it's one of the few times where I see, huh? You know, I I see myself in this. But okay, I'm weird, so maybe this is not the best feedback for you, Victoria. Because, <laughs> but <laughs> like but, I'm a weird, ex- extremely independent uh, woman who. But takes, that's who I was writing like, for, I guess. I mean, yeah. I I I thought well. You know, I got a lot of comments, though, and we're talking about people wanting you to stick in genres. Well, she should have, you know, it should have ended with these people together right then. And um, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> They're so young. Um, and, uh, you know, 
it's funny, but the biggest thing I think I've learned in terms of being published is, first of all, I don't read reviews, um, <laughs> except I, every now and then I will if my agent sends me them or the publisher sends mm. me something. Um, I definitely do not read anything below a three-star review because beyond that, mm. th there are dragons, you know. Um, mm. But and you learn nothing. It's just ranting. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. A three-star review can actually teach you something. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Just like people ranting. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, at first you want to please everybody. And then you realize you can't. And it's better to please a certain set of people who really like it. Um, it really speaks to them than to worry about whether everybody likes it or not. Well, and that's the thing I've often wondered. Do you cater to the, to, do you go into the market and try to match what's already there? Or do you, you know, in, in which case there's so much competition with other people that are doing the exact same thing, or do you try to create an audience for the work that you have mm -hmm. over time you know and that will take more time but i wonder if maybe that might be harder audience to lose too like you know what i mean there's a there's a couple uh indie authors that i've well there's one that i've read through through a couple different genre switches i just like his writing and i don't know how typical i am because i'm a writer and an editor so maybe i'm not a typical reader but um that's the kind of band that I would want. You know, somebody would be like, I'm willing to take a chance on wherever you go just because I like what you do. Yeah, and it's, um, one thing I've noticed is that because I don't write really strictly cozy mysteries, there's a lot of cozy mm -hmm. mystery groups on Facebook and others that I, I do participate in for promotional reasons. Um, mm -hmm. And they almost never mention my books, which mm -hmm. is really odd because they'll be talking about all these books. My books don't come up in these things. I don't get fan letters. I don't get all this stuff. And yet the books sell pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody is reading these books. <laughs> yeah. And um, I talked to my publisher, the head of the publishing company one uh, time, and he said, it's a different kind of reader. All right. Yeah. And he said, it's more of a reader who's going to stick with it. And that's why we think the series is holding up and mm -hmm. um that sometimes you know if you're a little bit outside of your of your group like if you're writing literary sci-fi you might not get all the uh buzz in the sci general sci-fi community but that doesn't mean nobody's reading your books uh yes because the people who read those books might not be the ones i don't write fan letters to authors i read a lot of books <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. me too. That's exactly what I do. I read like a lot of books. Sometimes I, I would never read... dream of writing a fan letter to a yeah, traditionally would, published would, author. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I've reached out either. to many indies. But it's not like you're a yeah. fan. It's not that sort of yeah. fan girling <laughs> sort of thing. No, yeah. No, I don't uh, get that. Uh, for some of them, yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't fangirl over people. Like somebody mm -hmm. posted on Twitter once who would you give like um, one year of your life to to sit with you know to have dinner with and i was like nobody nobody like, yeah. like what are you talking about like the year of my life there, there's nobody in the universe who are like why would i do that like if i admire mm -hmm. an author i read their books 
it's mm-hmm. nice if I, you know, see an interview of them, maybe, or maybe it's not nice. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want. I don't understand this kind of um, sort of blind medium, adoration really. sort of thing. It's kind of yeah. Weird I don't to have me. that. I, <laughs> I always, don't have that either. <laughs> yeah, and if I read something of the of theirs that I don't really like, I mean, I just read the Testaments, you know, and Margaret Atwood is my favorite author, and I have to admit, yeah, okay, it it was okay, but mm-hmm. it wasn't what I would have I I had hoped. So yeah. I mean, I know she too can write a book that's not perfect. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> I, I I don't mind. She didn't disappoint me or anything. You know, I don't. I'm not emotionally invested in the creator. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to I say. I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, the well, book, yes, but yeah, not but the creator. You need, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were talking about Indie cooperatives. <laughs> before. But but it kind of goes back to that because if you're talking about trying to do different things, yes, you have to think mm-hmm. about audience, but. I think sometimes yeah. we get mixed up with who the audience really is or yes the loudest part of an audience isn't necessarily the part that buys your books mm-hmm. uh, or supports mm-hmm. you the most <laughs> mm. and just people you know going crazy over something doesn't mean they're going to stick by you yeah um, so you know I think when you're developing the co-op kind of model you think about who are we trying to reach? Not not market to necessarily, but mm. if who are these hypothetical readers? <laughs> mm. That um, what type of people? I mean, how would we mm-hmm. create our co-op to speak to them? Mm-hmm. And that also implies that the group of authors also shares values of course and this can also be difficult i imagine to find a group of people with so similar values and goals yeah uh i mean i think there can be like uh, in my co-op there's a lot of different variations of what people write even Mm -hmm. though it might be in the same general vein but but everybody does have for one thing they all have a commitment to work um and not just make a buck. I mean, (laughs) I think Mm. that's a big difference too. Mm. Um, There's some groups out there, as I mentioned before, that I've never been a part of, but I've heard plenty about, where it's just uh, how to make, what is that thing, you know, you can make 50K 50 20 bucks. Yeah, it's uh, 20 bucks to 50K, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it makes my skin crawl, to be honest with you. But um, yeah. I think Chet was thrown out of I, that group. I was thrown out of that group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I was thrown out of that group because I because I would constantly hear, I'm tired of people saying you can't write a fast book, a good fast book. and But then they would also lament that they weren't getting their artistic due. And I said, look, you guys have all said you're quite proud to be writing pulp fiction, pulp novels. And then now you're also getting offended. I said you got to pick one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like pick a pick a camp because you if you if you if it bothers you that people say that your novels aren't to the high quality standards that that require more time um and you don't take time to write your novels but you don't care because you're selling so much and you've got your fan base you know remember, remember when you said you were uh, it's a little bit different idea but you were talking about getting reviews from some of these trade reviews and saying but you know you dried your eyes with the fact that your books were selling like hotcakes so it didn't really matter to you that as much as it might have. And so um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel I like... I mean, it still hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, yeah. But then mm-hmm. I realized they were reviewing... They weren't reviewing my book. Um, right. They were reviewing the mm. book they thought it should be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one right there. And that was a much mm-hmm. more genre-specific book. Mm. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So when I realized mm-hmm. that is what helped me feel better mm-hmm. about it because... I mean, everybody has a right to their opinion, and I'm not saying my books are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. People always say, well, what's your favorite book you've written? I said, the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's really interesting is that of, uh, in that group, there was one group of authors, and one author spe- specifically, that was selling indie fiction at the $10 mark, at the $10 mm-hmm. range. And she was doing that, um, uh, I can't remember exactly what the genre name is, but it's Jane Austen-like romance just all along that same kind of formula, but of course not being Jane Austen, but writing as, as similar as possible because people who love Jane Austen wish she was still writing. I mean, still, you know, from the grave even, just would love to write, to, to read more of what she writes. Well, and, you know, for, for Jane Austen uh, type of um, more explicit stuff, you know where to look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you should consider putting your book out for 10 bucks then, see if it... Maybe, maybe somebody yeah. buys it then. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Victoria, I'm sorry, you don't know this reference. This is a joke um, that you probably don't know about. Um, I have been told by several people that my book is like, it reads like Jane, if Jane Austen wrote erotica. So, oh, um, okay. Well, that's not a bad reference. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a compliment. No, I, I kind, I kind mm-hmm. of like this, uh, this take, yes. It's a bit shameless again. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't like marketing myself. I think I, I come, you know, I come across as very, uh, I don't know, self-involved when I do that. No, so. I, no, you have no. to, though. I, mean, I, I, mean, I talk about mine too, yeah. And that's, I think that's you should something in, that's yeah. hard. I mean, I, I don't like marketing at all, but I have to do it. I mean, and how self-involved really do you have to be to say in a podcast that my book is like Jane Austen's smut? Like, you have to be real. I mean, <laughs> but that's Jane not Austen what you said. Is... What? But that's not what you said. That's not what you said. What you said was, I have been told by a few people. Yes, by, by two right. people. Yeah. So, like, you people. should take those reviews and you should put them on your Amazon page as editorial reviews. So ah. that people looking for your book that are looking for Jane Austen but maybe want something a little spicier. See, that's what I'm telling you. I need an anti-cooperative. Yeah, mm-hmm. help you because with that. I need somebody who mm-hmm. thinks of that because I wouldn't have thought of that. See, yeah, and you yeah. thought of that. This is why I'm telling you. You can do the marketing for my books. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm good enough yet, but I'll try. And and I will do the website stuff because that's what I'm comfortable with. That was like magic. I, it was, I, it's like it was three uh, clicks, literally. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, three clicks that I could not find, and and would get progressively more distressed that I can't understand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. But, but you saw you. You know the 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 whole marketing aspect. I mean, people say, and then you talk about traditional publishing. Well, I still have to market. People don't. Yeah. I mean, my publisher does good good things, um, in terms of marketing, but you know. I'm paying my own way to conferences because nobody gets their way paid to conferences unless you're people who don't need to have their way paid to conferences. And, uh, you know, Stephen King or somebody. Um, but most people, even fairly big names, are paying their own way. Hmm. And, yeah. um, or they're, you know, they have to have their own website. They have to have their own other social media and promotional things. And mm-hmm. the publishers just can't possibly afford to pay all that. Um, mm. Right. I mean, the, sometimes the big ones, the big five, I guess they pick out one or two books to push like crazy 
and they put mm -hmm. all this money behind them and they're hoping it's kind of like playing the slots or something i don't know um they're hoping it's going to return and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't um i can't tell you the number of things i've seen just in the last seven years where i saw something really 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 pushed i mean really pushed like exhaustingly so and it came out and then it just kind of fizzled <laughs> and then you never hear about that author again the poor soul yeah well you mentioned patrick rothfuss the yeah. last time we yeah. spoke <laughs> i mean the name of the wind yeah. sold really well yeah. right so the, I, I like that book even though it was the epitome of you know the gary's two yeah. boy character <laughs> if, if I, even though it was like that i i liked it that book the second book uh -huh. i it was nothing i just didn't, what was the second book i don't even remember I, because it didn't make any impression on me like i read uh -huh. it but and then what what has this guy been doing for the past how many years 10 years yeah like how can he still make money i i don't understand this well is this one book still selling so much that it can apparently so of some of these people they made so much in the beginning that they well, I mean, there was somebody who got a seven figure and I just like fell off my chair advance, which, you know, is craziness mm -hmm. um, for some book recently. Oh, is that dirt? That American. Oh, well, yeah, that that. And that I'm like, apart. really? I mean, honestly, you could have paid how yeah. many mid-level authors, you know, a decent advance mm -hmm. based. Um, to me, that's craziness. It's just sort of like when people go to auctions and they go crazy <laughs> or something. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, that height and personally, you know, I think the other thing when you're talking about the slow building, you know, with a, with a co-op or you're building up authors, you're, you're letting authors build their brand uh, mm -hmm. with the co-op. And sometimes I yes. think it's better because they build over time and it's, it's a solid thing rather than. That's what I'm saying, where you're not just what the genre happens to want right now. You're kind of creating your own subgroup or subgenre of people who specifically want to see right. what you and, the, and your stable of authors do. And that's what I want to do, because I think that's just a lot more that we might be able to have prices in the same place. We might be able to get um, a little bit less breakneck speed, <laughs> yeah. especially if we have a stable of people that are, are you know, You'd be willing to wait for for this particular author, and uh, because you've got something coming from somebody who might not be the same, but it be it'll be the same sort of ideal. Well, that is the other mm -hmm. advantage in that you know if mm -hmm. you have a stable of authors, and your mm -hmm. book comes out, and maybe it's another year until your next book comes mm -hmm. out, but there's five or six other people with books out, mm -hmm. you're still carrying that imprint name, and the, and mm -hmm. it, it it's not yeah. like the people that are following your publishing house or your indie house, um, they have something going on. Mm -hmm. There's other authors they can look into. And it's not like you're sitting on your own and, oh, I published a book and then two years later I published another book and nobody knows who I am. Um, mm -hmm. because forget who you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they'll remember an imprint if, if they've got books coming out every other month or every month. Right. So that's another advantage, I think. Like with Snowy Wings, my books, I haven't been able to publish anything in that genre, but my books are still out there with Snowy Wings, so all these other books are being published by them, and it'll come up again when people are looking at the new books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way 
also to keep the interest on the older books, right? I yeah, that's, that's another dimension of this. Mm -hmm. Right, because Good. you can you can say, well, oh, if you liked this new book, we also have such and yeah. such. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah. So the idea is to benefit everybody and the audience, of course. Right. So you know, I think a lot of it depends the success. I mean, Snowy Wings has been pretty successful. I mean, not like people are making millions, but we've stayed around. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And they've got the new imprint. Uh, and I think it's the group of people that you pull together that really matters. So what yeah. did you find or where did you all find each other? Um, we kind of recommended people. <laughs> like there was a small group in the beginning. And then they said, if you know someone who's looking... Mm -hmm. uh, to publish, mm -hmm. self-publish, and you think they'd fit, you talk to them. So that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were thinking too. We would approach other people instead yes, of the other we, way Yes, and we have our eye on people, right? Um, let's yeah. see how this works out. And you know, some people said no. Like I, there was a couple people who I know had the same problem I did with different publishers, where they lost. Yeah. Uh, the publisher went down or something, and they had to get the rights back. And I said, well. I'd offered for them to come into the co-op, but maybe they mm -hmm. decided no, they didn't want to do that, and that's fine too. But um, mm -hmm. you know, you just think about oh, so and so's got a book that or writes things that fit with our. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of of replicated lessons being learned by every new indie coming in. Yeah, and so some people are selling classes and stuff, but I'm like, there's no reason we can't join together and get better rates on covers because we can guarantee um we can guarantee work you better better rates on editing because we can guarantee work um and better rates on uh and, and just get more marketing dollars just because we can pool money in order to do better marketing and use email lists effectively not just for yourself but for the imprint you know what i mean in such a way that you can you can um you know the the site itself can have an, a list where it says, hey, if you liked this, this is also coming out. Right, and the, the other advantage, like in Snowy Wings, there are several editors, I mean, people who write mm -hmm. and edit, as you do. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so they're part of the editing pool too. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. another advantage if you, have, if you know someone or, or if you're doing websites and you wanna market that. Um, yeah. It, it's something within the group you can say, well, I do this. I, I there's several people that help with formatting, or they'll you pay mm -hmm. them, and it's a lot. Uh, it's not necessarily tons less, but it's less. You get a discount, mm -hmm. and you also have, as I said before, uh, more of a feeling of the quality. What you're getting that it's been vetted and going out there looking randomly for an editor or um, mm -hmm. cover designer who might disappear on you or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I had one disappear on me. That was really fun. Yeah, um, right. But but this way, people hold each other accountable. Yeah. To... So you know, I think there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, yeah. I think that where people get in trouble with it though is um, when they start to get, they bring too many people in at once. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I could so definitely what, see that. What do you think um, is a it's too many people. What's what's a big number? Well, or for like a co-op, you know, 
if you have 12 people and that say they're pub each they got a book coming out each month or something yeah like yeah. one book a year basically per author. for each person and then but yeah. you're gonna having 12 books a year yeah, yeah that yeah. makes reasonable sense yeah when yeah. you start having too many that compete with each other then it's a little bit of a issue i think gotcha okay well, I think the idea would be also that not everybody in the in, um, in the audience at Imprint would be interested in every book. And so we yeah. could kind of micro-tune, mm. you know, people who are doing more fantasy type stuff, people who are doing more contemporary type stuff, people who are doing more uh, sci-fi. I mean, they all have that same idea and you, and, and you might have some people that want to move from one book to one book. We all have one ideology as far as like what kind of, what we want our novel to, the, the novels to do, what we want the work to do. But, you know, within different settings and with different kinds right. of characters and then too, you yeah. can cross promote based on that because yeah that's what, yeah uh, mm -hmm. there's some people writing more um romance oriented things and they kind of get together and do maybe do an ad even you know facebook ad yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. two or three books yeah. um mm -hmm. or it so you can work in smaller groups too yeah um to make stretch ad dollars or like do a signing virtual signing even or um uh -huh. or if you're close enough to get to store do some kind of special thing where a smaller group can get together yeah wow that has been very informative and a very nice discussion i just want to say i'm encouraged by what i'm hearing because it is some of the same ideas of, of what i was looking to try to do with a slightly different goal than what you have for for um either crimson fox or um um, snowy wings but you know it's it's a cooperative around a basic value or type of work and that's kind of what i want to do too yeah and i think Very it would be thank you so much exciting to have something different like that yeah thank you victoria that was um an amazing discussion and i really liked that we veered off there <laughs> uh, it was really it was really nice yeah um these are the best discussions actually so thank you, Victoria, for being with us and um, talking to us about your indie uh, cooperative, Snowy Wings Publishing. We mm -hmm. learned a lot and uh, Chet is very happy, I think. And yes, I am too. Um, before we close, would you like to uh, tell us ab about your um, upcoming releases, which are not with Snowy Wings? No, my, mine are, are mysteries. And uh, the yeah. I have a first book in a new series called the Book Lovers B&B series. And the book is called Booked for Death. And it's set in Beaufort, North Carolina by the seaside. Um, and it comes out June 9th from Crooked Lane Books. And then the fifth book in my uh, Blue Ridge Library Mystery Series, which already has four books out now, is uh, called A Deadly Edition. It actually deals with the Kelmscott edition of Chaucer. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, it's coming out in December. Uh, I believe it's the 8th of December. Wonderful. Um, Can you pre-order both of these? Yes, they are available for pre-order uh, on awesome. most sites, uh, most okay. Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and many other sites. Um, Great. And also I have links on my website to all of this information, and that's victoriagilbertmysteries.com. That sounds great. It was very nice having you with us, Victoria. Thank you. Well, thank you both. It was great to talk with you. And I hope that you pursue the, the co-op. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. We will keep you posted. Okay. Yeah. 
Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Victoria.